0: gifts. Remember that in 1 Corinthians, there in 1 Corinthians in chapter 12, it identifies the three types of gifts that we've been talking about, focusing primarily on one. But just as a reminder to you, we have first type of gifts are motivational gifts, and the motivational gifts is who we are. Whenever we got saved, God just imparted to us a motivational gift. We have one and we just seek to discover what that motivational gift, and everything that we do in ministries and everything else is carried out by that particular motivation. Then we have identified the ministry gifts, and in those ministry gifts, they can be one or more than one, and those can change. Sometimes in one situation, one church, you may be fulfilling a ministry You may be in another setting and situation where you do a totally different ministry. But you're going to do that ministry from your motivation, that motivational gift that you have. And the final gift that we see identified there in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is the manifestation gifts. And manifestation gifts is what what the Spirit of God does in the heart and life of people when other people are exercising their gifts how God is able to speak to them by the Spirit of God and to bring about different manifestations. Where we are, are right now is we're studying the seven motivational gifts. There are seven motivational gifts listed in Romans chapter 12. And Romans chapter 12 identifies the motivational gifts, and there's seven, and I believe that every person has one of those gifts, and I think you have that all of your life. I think God imparts that to you now. As we go through these things, people see characteristics of other gifts in their life. I hope that's true. I hope that you see characteristics of, of all the gifts in your life because hopefully we're growing to be more like Jesus. And Jesus is the fulfillment of every gift. He's the perfect example of every gift. So if we become more like Jesus, then we would become more in, in regard to each of those gifts being in our life. But there's one primary motivational gift that will be in you, and it, it was given to you whenever you were born again. It's not something you learned how to do. It's not a talent that God imparted to you. It's just something that God impressed upon you, and, and from that motivation, you'll function. And we've seen those identified, and we've gone through four. This is the fifth one we're looking at tonight. They're listed there in Romans 12:6. It says, Let each exercise them, I'm talking about their gifts, Accordingly, if prophecy according to the portion of his faith, if service in his serving, he who teaches in his teaching, or he who exhorts in his exhortation. We've covered those four motivational gifts. I hope maybe some of you've discovered uh, that one of those gifts is your motivational gift, all right? So we come to the fifth of those gifts when it says, he who gives with liberality. So tonight we're going to talk about the motivational gift of giving. The motivational gift of giving. If you have your little handout that Brant handed to you, then you see there how we've done each one of those. The first thing we do is we talk about the aptitude, the aptitude. Remember, the motivational aptitude for a person who has the gift of prophecy is to, to speak, remember? It is to speak. To, uh, the motivational gift of, of teaching was to, to learn, to grasp. The motivational gift of exhortation is to come alongside, to share, to share in somebody's life. Well, the aptitude for the person who has the gift of giving is the aptitude for providing. Their, the motivation of their life, what they're apt to do, what they enjoy doing, what they'll find easy to do in the kingdom of God, is that God uses these people and their motivational gifts to be able to provide resources whereby the kingdom of God is carrying on its work. I, I think we all realize that in order for the kingdom of God to Function in order for us to carry on work in ministry, in order for churches to be or in missionary efforts to carry out, it takes resources. It just doesn't happen. There's not some magical tree back there in the back like our kids thought whenever we were they they were younger that you just go get money off of it. There's none of those in my backyard and none of them in the backyard of the SBC somewhere. There's just not. In order to do ministry, it takes money, and so. God has placed in the heart of some people the motivational gift of giving because they have the aptitude to provide. The the definition, the Greek word is metodidemi. Metodidemi, which means to give a share of or to impart to. To give a share of what I have or to impart to someone. What we've been doing now is just taking these gifts and we want to give you a description of them and then we want to give you some of the problem areas or places of misunderstanding might be. And then we'll give you a biblical example. So a person who has the gift, a motivational gift of giving, how would you describe them? Well, the first thing is this. This person has an unusual ability to make wise purchases and investments. I mean, a person has the gift of giving, it's just like everything they touch turns to gold. You know, everything they invest in, it, it seems like it, it flourishes. And, and they just have this... It's not because they, they know more about the stock market that somebody else knows or they know more about real estate that somebody else knows. It's not anything about that. It's just that God has blessed this person with this innate ability that they know where to invest or how to invest, whereby they can make money, and in their making of money... They're able to share that and to advance the kingdom of God. They have this ability to make wise choices and wise investments. Now, some of us just ruled ourselves out right then, didn't we? Some, some of, some of you, some of you said right then, "Well, I can just go home because I don't have that necessary that gift." Well, I, I could rule myself out of that one too. Now, remember this: we're all supposed to be givers. Amen. We're all supposed to be given, but there's a difference between God commanding us to give and, and us having the gift of giving, all right? We we're all we all have been commanded to tithe and to give offerings and whatever, so we're all supposed to do that. But there's a difference between a person who has that spiritual gift. I, I don't have that spiritual gift of giving, all right? I know that. Whenever I came here, i never forget, when I came here, I, I decided that, I'd never been in the stock market very much, and I was getting to the age, you know, I was about 50, then I would getting to the age, I needed to make some investments, so I'll never forget, I took took some money and I invested in the stock market, and somebody told me to invest in Colonial Bank. (laughs) Y'all remember Colonial Bank? Let me tell you about Colonial Bank, in case y'all forgot. Not not only did not, not only did Colonial Bank, I mean, it just fell all the pieces. I watched it. That's when it used to come out in the newspaper. You remember, you could see it every day in the newspaper. I the first time I ever started watching the stock market and just watched it fall and fall till it fell all the way, went bankrupt. I didn't even get my, I didn't get a penny off of a dollar I spent on the thing. And it's like God said. Uh, son, you don't have the gift of giving and you don't need to play the stock market. You just need to just go preach and do something that you might know how to do. Leave that alone. So I, that, that settled whether or not I had the gift of giving, making wise investments. I, I, don't don't put any money in Colonial Bank. Just don't do that. I, it was right across the street. I thought if you're right across the street, surely you ought to be able to watch your money there. Well, it folded right across the street and that thing's been named three t- things since then. I don't know what. it can keep it. I didn't have that gift of giving. Some of you are saying amen to that to, in regard to your own life. Well, these people have an unusual ability to invest and make money. My, my parents, my mother was, was had the gift of giving. It wasn't that we had a lot of money, but she just had the gift of giving. Her and my dad worked together, and anything that they would touch or anything that they would do, it's God just blessed them, where they would, they would make money out of those things. I'm not talking about millions of dollars, but they made money in whatever they... Touched. They were hard workers and did things, and they were faithful to give to their church and to give offerings above that and support ministries. I've seen them buy cars for people who are in the ministry and tires and stuff like this to put things in it. They just had ability to do those kind of things because God blessed them that, in that way that they could make, make money like that. Second thing, they have a desire to give quietly to effective ministries and projects and they choose to avoid recognition or publicity. This person who has the gift of giving is not like whenever you would see in, in the New Testament, we talk about that people would, would take their money and hold it up and wave it before they put it in the offer plate because they wanted people to recognize what they were giving. It, it isn't the it, it point that they wanted something named after them or a plaque would be put up on the wall to signify something they gave. Matter of fact, the person has the gift of giving. They don't want that. And they, don't, they don't want that kind of recognition. They want to give quietly and they want to do it effectively to effective ministries, and they'll choose to avoid any kind of recognition in relationship to that. Many, many times people have the gift of giving. The church will never, the church as a whole will never know what that person gives or how they've blessed the church, because the only person knows that might be the financial secretary or the church treasurer or somebody who would know just what was given and d- deposited in the bank and and people don't realize there're lots of people who give like that that they're not aware of okay but that's a desire of a person has the gift of giving three they enjoy meeting needs without pressure appeals people who have gift of giving they're they're not going to they're not going to be uh, respond to somebody who comes and says now we really need for you to man up and give more money or we're, we're in a situation we need for you to lead the way and be the, a gold star giver. Or They're not that way at all. They, they don't want to be pressured about it. They want to pray and let the Holy Spirit lead them and what God would have them to do. And if God wants them to do it, they're going to be obedient to go and give in relationship to that. But you're going to find them. They're not going to be the ones who are going to feel a, a need to be pressured or want to be pressured at all regarding their giving. Four... They experience great joy when their gift is an answer to specific prayer. Now, I've told you that, you know, a preacher, a guy who has a gift of prophecy, his greatest joy is to get up and preach, right? The teacher's greatest joy is to learn something new. The person who has the gift of service is that somebody's given them an opportunity to serve. An exhorter, remember last week? exhorter has great joy when people will listen to their advice and respond to their advice. Well, this person has great joy when they find out that what they've done has met a need, an answer to prayer. The greatest joy they have is whenever they would give to someone or they'd give to some ministry or they'd do something like this, as I said, quietly, they come up and that person responds towards them and says, you're not going to believe this, but our family had this specific need and we didn't know how the need was going to be met, but God used you to do it or our ministry had this specific ministry or need we had, and nobody knows about it. All we've done is pray about it. Nobody's told anybody about it. But God used you to come along and to meet that need. That's the greatest joy they have. They don't need any placards. They don't need any band playing for them. They don't anybody any recognition. They just feel joy when they feel like that God has used them to meet a need that has been prayed over, and they're the answer to that prayer. It's great joy for them. All right? Look at five. They have a real desire to use their giving to motivate others to give. Now, that's kind of an interesting thing. And it's not unusual in the fact of this. Everybody who gets joy out of something wants everybody to experience that same joy. Right? I mean, in other words, if the teacher gets great joy out of learning God's Word, they're going to encourage more and more people what do you need to do? You need to study God's Word. That's what you need to do. A person has a gift of service; they enjoy serving and being a part. What are they going to encourage other people to do? You just need to get out there and serve with people. You need to serve. If you'd serve others, you'd be happy. You'd be filled with joy if you would do that. Well, what is the gift of giver? The, the gift of giving. What is their appeal to people? They get great joy in providing and giving. So, what are they going to encourage people to do? Give, give. I, I want you to. I want you to know that as you give, that God will multiply that. A giver has no problem believing the promises of God's word regarding the fact that if you you will give, God will multiply it. If you will give, you'll be in obedience. You'll be on the blessing side versus the discipline side. They don't have any problem because they've been recipients of that. And they want everybody else to be the recipient of that and to respond that way. So they're going to be encouraging everybody that you need to give. You, You need to be a part of giving. Now you can tell that if you get into a Sunday school class or a group of people that you are and you, you start talking about different things. And this person gradually in that conversation is going to come up and encourage people that you need to give. <laughs> you just need to give and, and, and trust the Lord in those things and have faith and the Lord will bless you. He'll, he'll do, you can't outgive God. He'll bless you more than you'll ever know. Now, now who's the person who's going to be telling you that? Who's the person who's going to be saying that? Many times that gift of giver. The giving gift, because they're going to say, you know, if I've experienced that, and I know that joy, I want you to have the same. They're going to encourage other people to give. Look at six. Giving makes this person feel a part of the work or person to whom they give. The thing that bonds them together with a ministry, with a person, with the church, is whenever they give. They feel like when they give money or when they give their resources, it just attaches them to the hip to that person or to what whatever that person, if they give money to an evangelist, when that evangelist is out there winning souls and leading people to Christ, they feel like they're a part of what they're doing. When they give money to missions and there are people out there leading people to Christ in the mission field and they're in foreign lands, this person, because they give, they feel like they're a part of what they're doing. The thing that attaches them to their church more than anything else is not because they teach Sunday school. It's it's not because they take up the offering as an usher. It's not because they serve as a counselor. not either. What makes them feel attached to their church and that the church is attached to them is they give. And by giving and providing resources, then they are uh, notched together with those people of that church. It's a wonderful thing and it's an exciting thing for the, to see people excited about giving to the Lord's church. Listen one what it says in, verse, in number 7. They feel that their gift must be of high quality. And that's, a, that's an interesting characteristic here. They don't want to just give. Whatever they give, they want to be of high quality. Not, they don't want to get, just get by. They want to give something that's going to, be, that's going to last. It's something that represents... The Lord that they serve, they feel like everything they have is the Lord's anyway. And so whatever they're going to give is going to be of high quality. Most people, if they give, somebody as a giver and they and they give to you in that way, you, you're kind of like, no, no, you don't have to do that. No, you don't need to do that. No, if, if this is what God wants me to do, I want to give you the very best or I want to give you something that's that you're proud of or something that you have. They're going to desire to give of high quality whenever they give something away. Number eight. A dependency on their spouse's counsel to confirm the amount of the gift. Okay, they they are not going to they're not going to feel free to go and give a gift without their spouse affirming that. Okay, and, <laughs> I heard that, Jake. <laughs> in, in, in relationship that they, they, they want they wouldn't just go and say, "Man, we're going to make this commitment, or we're going to make this pledge, or we're going to make this, or we're going to, or I'm going to just give you this money." They're going to ask their spouse, they're going to say, uh, Hun, this is what I feel like the Lord wants us to do. This is what I, I feel like the Lord's impressed on. How do you feel about that? You know? and, and they're wanting their spouse to affirm that and to, you know, to say, yes, that's fine, that's all right. I, I was blessed with a, a wonderful spouse in, in relationship to that because there have been times, when even though I don't have the gift of giving, there have been times whenever the Lord asked asking us to give sacrificially you know, beyond what we thought we could at that point. And I would always ask Lynn I'd say well the Lord's impressed on us to, on me to, to give this much what do you think she'd go, Yeah that's fine go ahead <laughs> she'd say, oh yeah that's fine go ahead and uh, she was always say, what? you have to have that a person has a gift of, of giving if their spouse were to say oh, I don't think we ought to do that I don't, I don't think or, or maybe not this much yeah well that might be true but it don't always happen that way <laughs> <laughs> do you have the gift of giving, Jake? Yeah. No. Well, I'm telling you, as I said before, most time we're not married. The person has the same gift we do. It's usually a person who tempers us and helps us you know, along the way. So I wouldn't doubt that at all. All right. Look at the problems or misunderstandings that happen sometimes. This person may be perceived as being materialistic or too focused on temporal values. Now, these people aren't, they don't necessarily live in, uh, you know, stick houses. I mean, they they made money, they had ability to make money, and therefore they're living with their means and they're able to have things that maybe other people don't have. And, and if somebody's looking at them and they don't see what's happening, remember, they're not here holding the, they're not holding the check and saying, this is how much I'm giving. Remember that? They're, they're, they do what they do silently. So to some people, they may seem like they're materialistic or that they, they're spending all their money on themselves. Or they, they're doing all this when they don't know what that person's doing. That's why in the church you need to be real careful about that. For you make judgment on somebody about well they must not they don't support the church they don't do anything you don't know that who that person might be that may be supporting the church in a way that you you're not aware of in relation. Some people feel like they might be materialistic misunderstanding. Look at two, their desire to be involved in a ministry may appear as an attempt to control the work or a person. In other words, they want to invest in that person's ministry, they want to do it, but they in their minds from a spiritual side, they've never thought about, well, I'm giving more money, so I ought to be able to tell that person what to do. Or I'm giving more money, so I ought to be able to tell the ministry what to do. They had never have it. You, a person that has the gift of giving, you will, you would never have a problem with them in the church ever coming and saying, well, I gave more money than somebody else, so I ought to have a, a more say-so. They'll never say that, okay? I, in any way, the person who says that is not a person who has the gift of giving has a gift of giving. It's, it's been given out there, and they trust the Lord to take care of it, to bless it, to be in regard. it. And they're not wanting to control anybody. They just want to be a part of what God's doing. Look at 3 part of the church somebody gives, control and not trust? yeah. 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 Well, person who, who does that's probably not, probably not having the gift of giving. You know, they probably don't have that because they give quietly and they're sometimes unresponsive to pressure appeals. They may appear to lack generosity. In other words, here, here's other people who say, "Well, we're giving this, we're giving that." They ain't giving it. They're not giving anything. They got more money than all of us together. They're not doing what they ought to do. Don't know that because once again, they maybe give silently. They didn't do it, they didn't give Sunday, they came by the office on Monday. (laughs) And and they didn't let anybody know they wanted to just see the financial secretary. And they wanted to do what they were doing and don't want anybody to know about it. Don't want anybody to know anything that they gave or anything about that. So you have to be careful how they're perceived. Look at four. This individual may live a very frugal life, which is misunderstood by friends and relatives as being stingy. Now, Here's an interesting thing that you need, you need to put in your mind. If you've ever read very many biographies of people who, who made a lot of money, they're the ones who pick up pennies when they sit on the ground. Okay, They're the who pick up pennies. They're the ones who, who live frugal lives. They uh, make the most of every dollar. They do, the, the reason they do that is because that's how they have money. That lifestyle is how they had money. And even though they've got plenty of money and they could buy all they want to, they're still going to live that frugal life because they feel as though they're responsible, and they are managers of that which God gave to them. The, the real strong emphasis here is they're managers of what God gave to them, and one of those resources is money, is money. And they don't, they don't see that money, money's not theirs, money's God's, and they're managing it, and they're only going to have it for a season anyway Yeah. Yeah. I had a chance to meet him. He, they had a uh, distribution center in Brookhaven when I pastored there. Had a chance to meet him. And, you know, he, he dressed in uh, jeans and uh, just regular old clothes and drove a pickup truck with dogs in the back of his truck and everything else. And they asked him one time, said, Ask him, they asked Sam Walton about it, uh, Well Man, you've got more money than you ever spent in a lifetime. He said, why are, you, why are you still building stores? He said, Well, in life, you've got only two choices. You're either going to advance and grow, or you're going to go backwards. And he says, "I choose to keep advancing and growing. I don't want to go backwards." And uh, but he didn't. Money wasn't really significant to him personally, but he provided jobs and for everybody and everything. It's of course Walmart's changed a lot now. Oh yeah, I'm sure he probably did. All right, listen to this one. Five because the function of their gift is done quietly. People sometimes feel that givers. Are involved uninvolved in real ministry now a, a giver is not going to be the person who's necessarily going to go teach a Sunday school class all right they're, they're not necessarily going to be the one who shows up to that service project and uh, and helps out they're not going to be one who is going to stand up and preach or they're, they're not they're not doing these other things so it looks like well they're not in, they're not involved in ministry all oh, they just come to church they don't do anything Well, what they do do is God has them in regard to their life to help them provide the means whereby other people are able to do those things. And that's a wonderful thing when you see that and when you understand how that that works. Look at six. Their need to give quality gifts may be misunderstood as trying to impress others. You know, well, look, look what they're giving. They haven't thought anything about that. They think about... I want to give the best. I want to give good things. Whenever I give it, it's representing what God do. They're not trying to really impress others, but they can be misunderstood. Look at seven. Their effort to motivate others to give can be misunderstood as bragging. Now, that's a big one sometimes. If The person has the gift of giving, remember that the joy they have is in their giving, so what they are going to encourage other people to do? They're going to encourage other people to what? To give. So one of the ways that you encourage other people to give... It's by sharing with them what God has done. In other words, that principle, you can't outgive God. Or if you give, if you give God will bless it and multiply it over. And, and, and when you sow bountifully, he will, you will reap bountifully. And, and so they're going to be talking that way and sharing that way. And one of the ways they're going to do it is to share an illustration. Our illustrations. About, let me share with you what God did. Let me share what and, and if somebody doesn't understand the heart of what they're trying to do, then whenever they're telling about what God did for them, it's as though they're bragging about what God has done for them or bragging about what was achieved or what they made on something or something. And it never crosses their mind that that they're bragging about that. They're just trying to encourage somebody to get involved and to do the same and let God bless them. A giver, just like everybody else, anybody who has a particular gift, they think everybody ought to be able to do that. Have you ever noticed that? You take, like, I'll give you one of them. Kevin Anderson can play any instrument, and he, if you just hum it, he can play it. But Kevin Anderson has no idea that everybody else, he can't understand why everybody else can't do that. You know, he does why, why can't everybody, Kevin, I tell him, everybody can't do that. My wife and my, my family, they can sing harmony with him. My wife can harmonize with anything. I can't harmonize. All I do is sing whatever the person is next to me singing. If they're singing soprano, I sing soprano. If they're singing bass, I sing bass. I, I, sing, I sing whatever they're singing. It. And, 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 you know, my wife and I, we used to try to sing together, and she'd get really frustrated at me because I would be singing her part, you know. And it's like, hon, you just don't realize how hard it is to sing harmony for some of us people. Everybody who can do something thinks everybody ought to be able to do it. A teacher thinks everybody ought to be able to it. Well, everybody can teach Sunday school. Can't they? you. Givers are the same way. They think if if God blesses them and they give and God replenishes that and multiplies that, He's going to do that for everybody. See, And so sometimes they'll be misunderstood as bragging. Look at the ultimate benefit to the body of Christ. Those gifted in the area of giving help provide needed funds for the ministry and work of the body of Christ to fulfill our mission. God has placed them there to do that, okay? They serve as inspirational teachers to the church of how God blesses a faithful giver. They are sensitive to needs for physical resources for the ministry to be fulfilled. And that's why God gives to us those people with the gift of giving. A biblical example of somebody who has a gift of giving would be Joseph of Arimathea. Now why why would Joseph of Arimathea? Because... Did he, uh, did he do his quietly whenever he gave? Did he give a, did he give a great gift? He, he gave the garden tomb that had never been used, that had been made for his family. He gave his family's burial spot for Jesus, doing it quietly, not, not wanting anybody to any fanfare about who he is, who, who did that or anything else. He just gave the best that he had so that Jesus would have a place to be buried and not wanting anybody else to know anything about that. He was actually a silent follower of Jesus. He's a good example of what the gift of giving is. Now, I hope you are listening and hearing, and I hope you, if you have the gift of giving, that you'll continue the Lord Lord to bless you and use you in the kingdom of God and understand that your gift of providing resources for the kingdom of God to advance is a very important gift that God has given us and that we need. Okay, we've covered five... We have two more to cover, all right? Now, some of you are starting to sweat, I can tell. Because, you know, I told you, we got saved, you got one motivational gift. We've gone through five, and some of y'all hadn't found it yet. You still got two to go after that. We're going to baptize you if you hadn't found one beyond that. <laughs> have a, we're going to bring that portable baptistry in here, and we're going to baptize you again so you can't find it. But we will look at those other two in the coming weeks, all right? God bless you. Have a good rest of the week.